big fight, so I I hammed it up for that, and I probably blew out <laughs> what was remaining of all of my voice box. <laughs> I do like the legitimacy you lent to it by saying they wanted me to introduce it as if it was a big fight. <laughs> kind of like, I mean, we all know it's not, but they wanted me to pretend. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was a big fight. I'm sure it was a big giant fight. It was a big giant fight that went to a draw. Oh yeah, how does that happen? Love it. <laughs> Um, it, it both men rounds? were unresponsive. Uh, oh. No, both men were unresponsive to a count of ten on the outside. Oh, after man. going through a platform of chairs. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's wrestling. Surely, there's like a um, you know, a, a recording we can go to to see which one lost consciousness first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that exists at the moment the match is going on at least yeah uh (laughs) but i i haven't ever heard of a match being overturned by footage that has come out afterwards (laughs) but you know that that's always something that can happen we need um whatever they call it in in football you know like we need official review yeah so like <laughs> the the instant replay yeah yeah instant like all right and then the the referee goes and puts his head <laughs> under the hood and sees which guy <laughs> closed his eyes last and that's the guy that won <laughs> it was a photo finish <laughs> i think uh i think we need some reform in the way that these matches are called <laughs> All right, should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about The Money, Season 8, Episode 12. But before that, we had some stuff to deal with. Uh, so what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? The Little Jerry. Uh, first up, John Michael Higgins appeared pretty early in the episode as Kurt, the guy who shaves his head and ends up discovering later that he is going bald and he's an american actor and comedian of course whose film credits include a lot of christopher guest mockumentaries uh, and the late great fred willard is the one i was trying to think of uh who is also in all those movies along with Catherine o'hara and eugene levy and um so yeah uh, he's, ah, he okay. played david letterman yeah yeah the the um he played david letterman in hbo's movie version of the book the late shift and he was also uh, had a role in the American version of Kath and Kim, which is one of those uh, back when like The Office was huge. Uh, American TV, all of a sudden, especially NBC, because this was another NBC show. They were like, give us all the British sitcoms that you have. And they started like remaking them. And I honestly liked this one. Kath and Kim had Molly Shannon and eh, dang it, I forgot her name. Um, but they played like kind of a, a clueless, dumb, suburban mom and daughter couple. And, and he was in it. And it, I don't know. Sarah and I watched it. And it's one of those shows that I hear that if you watch the British version, you probably hate. But if you've never seen the British version, which we hadn't, it uh, we were like, yeah, it was, it was funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. He played. Oh, he plays Iknik Blackstone Varick in The Legend of Korra. <laughs> Is that something that you have seen? I have not, uh, only because we were watching, towards the beginning of quarantine, we started watching uh, Avatar yeah. on Netflix. Uh, we didn't get all the way through it. I think we got into like the beginning of season two, and then something happened, and we just kind of like fell off of it. I- I've been wanting to go back and finish it, Yeah, uh, not for like, uh, we didn't fall off for like a reason of it being boring yeah. or anything, but just something in the outside world, I guess. But The Legend of Korra is the direct sequel to Avatar. Right, the, right. The animated show, not not the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> no, you mean um, uh, James Cameron. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, M. Oh. Night Shyamalan made The Last, the Last Airbender, Airbender, which was yes. kind of based on Avatar, <laughs> I the forgot show. about that, yeah. But, oh my God, was panned so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they always do. They're like, all right, the fans love this, but we needed to appeal to a broad audience. So let's change everything the fans <laughs> loved about it. And this is every property that, you know, ends up they, you know, oh, yeah. like, let's change everything the fans loved about it and what worked and what made it a success in the first place and make it, you know, and make it into one of our shitty movies that is like totally generic. <laughs> and then the fans hate it. And then because you changed everything that made it great, people who are being introduced to it are like, well, that sucks. And then it, yeah, it's 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 lose lose all around. Yet they will never learn. 
but yeah, I, I always see that pop up, you know, people talking about that movie and, and just pretending it doesn't exist like that. That doesn't exist. Um, so we were talking about John Michael Higgins and I was just going to I think I was mentioning that he is Minnie Max in Big Hero 6, the series. And he also hosts the game show America Says, which as far as I know, is like a, just a ripoff of Family Feud because. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it is just like try to guess the answers to this survey, and uh, instead of survey says it's America says. But he did. Oh my god! <laughs> but he did get a 2019 Daytime Emmy Award nomination for outstanding game show host. So there you please go. tell me he does the same like Steve Harvey stank <laughs> face whenever, uh, like I-, I don't know John Michael Higgins. I gotta say it's penis. <laughs> What's and, wrong oh, with you? Come on, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And then it's on the board, invariably. It is what? What's something? What's something you don't want to find in a blender? Uh, uh I definitely gotta say feces. Uh, naked grandma. <laughs> he also played. I can't believe I forgot to mention this last week, but he also played attorney Wayne Jarvis in five episodes of Arrested Development. The guy that's oh, man. they keep mentioning he's a pro, like you know, because they they have a really horrible lawyer in. Henry Winkler, and then they, they talk about hiring this guy, and he's such a pro. He's like, and that, that's like their little catchphrase about him. Guy's a pro. The guy's a pro. He was in The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn as her brother, whose acapella group practices very early in the morning. Do you ever see that? Do you remember that, where they break up, but they have to live together still or something? Uh, I don't know if I have or not. I don't think I have. He does have some uh, Disney comedy credits. He was on an episode of The Sweet Life on Deck. <laughs> yeah, uh, or at least a few. He was the uh, the obnoxious Ugh. and secluded Mr. Tipton. Okay. Do you remember that? Do you remember Mr. Tipton? In in the original series, in the original Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Mr. Tipton never showed his face. Ah. He was always, like, hiding behind so bodyguards or, like, always on the phone. Yeah. I, I guess they just uh-huh. decided to cast him <laughs> as as the character. Weird. Okay. Finally. Uh, he was on an episode of Jesse in 2014. Like, now I know we're out of your wheelhouse of when you were watching Disney Channel comedies. Yeah. And he was on an episode of Just Roll With It a couple years ago as well. I think I know him from, because th- this was like my question last week, is like, I don't know where I know him from. And uh, I-, I looked up his filmography as well, thinking that it was from the universe of like epic movie and date movie. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been in any of those movies. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I I think what I know John Michael Higgins from, and uh, you'll get a kick out of this, is Fun with Dick and Jane Uh. with Jim Carrey. (laughs) And uh, how's her name pronounced? Is it Taya Leone? Yes, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, I I think that's how I know who he is. I'm like, what a movie (laughs) to know this character actor by. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Uh, I never saw that movie, but I saw it in his filmography, and I was like, well, no one's ever seen that, so I'm not even going to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) I had that on DVD whenever I was 12. For some reason, it looked hilarious to me, and I was like, oh, I love Jim Carrey. It was was okay. I thought it was funny. Um going if i went to if i were to go back and watch it there would probably be a lot of jokes that i didn't pick up on yeah i'm sure it's a fine movie it just you know it just didn't light the world on fire not they probably didn't expect it to you know i'm sure it was a moderate yeah. success <laughs> <laughs> it did what it was supposed to okay mission accomplished <laughs> don't expect too much out of it uh but i forgot that he higgins played the role of principal todman in the 2020 Peacock reboot of Saved by the Bell, which is surprisingly awesome oh. and hilarious. Is so, it really? Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by it. I expected it to completely suck, but it is, it's it's very funny. Um, and he, of course, maybe man, many people recognize him um, from the Pitch Perfect movies. He plays John Smith, the commentator at the big acapella events with Elizabeth Banks. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and he's also just been on a ton of stuff, like two episodes of Mad About You, Party of Five, Ally McBeal, Frasier, two episodes of Joey. I feel like everybody who was on Seinfeld oh. wound up on Joey <laughs> at some point. That pops up a lot when we really? do deep dives on these actors. I feel like it does. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. Uh, also looking at like his TV shows that he was on, uh, I, I think I may know him. He was on four episodes of Wilfred yes. as, I, I think... The Psychologist, but what an underrated show oh. that I, I still want to like go back and watch. I, I think it's all on Hulu now. Yeah, yeah. I I love you watched it the first time around. And you want to revisit it? You're saying? 
I watched most yeah. of it the first time around, like as it was airing. Uh, definitely like above my what I should have thought was funny. Like I shouldn't be thinking like all these suicide jokes are funny in ninth grade. Yeah, it was dark, but it was funny and it was it was confusing and thought provoking. And I probably don't even understand all of it at this point. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah, all the way through. I thought that was it was just really weird, but but funny, and that's a good show. He was on Community as well, and Glee. I mean, he does. Uh, he plays Doug Wheeler and a bunch of other voices on Bob's Burgers. So you might hear him on there. Mike and Molly, another show that's come up recently on the show, uh, <laughs> and also John Michael Higgins shaved his head for the part, which I was surprised to find out because I, I could have sworn I even saw like the seams of a bald cap, and I was like, ah, there, you know, like in the very beginning of the episode. But no, he. he totally just shaved his head for the part man that is that is commitment yeah totally uh we also wanted to do a little dive on marcelino who was played by miguel sandoval and he's been in you know a ton of stuff as well he's just one of those character actors when you need somebody who looks like him uh do the right thing jungle fever oh he's in jurassic park with fellow seinfeld actor wayne knight he plays the guy who owns the amber (laughs) mine at the very beginning of the movie he was in Clear and Present Danger, Get Shorty, Up Close and Personal Blow. That's where I recognize him from. He's in uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's Bruno as himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember enough about Bruno oh, to God. remember that part, and I don't really want to watch that movie again. <laughs> the only thing I remember about Bruno uh, was the the helicopter swing uh, scene whenever I think he's showing a video to someone <laughs> I don't remember who was watching the video, but then right after the helicopter swing, it, it's a helicopter swing with Sasha Bear. I'm guessing it's Sasha Bear and Cohen's penis. Um, it, it could be a stunt penis. I'm not sure. Um, but after the helicopter swing, the penis points directly at the camera and goes, Bruno. Oh, jeez. I tried to block out as much, as much as I love Sasha Baron Cohen. I've tried to block out as much of that movie as I could. <laughs> That's literally the only thing I remember about that movie. <laughs> Um, and, and he's just been in a ton of stuff. I was surprised to find that Miguel Sandoval has not done any Disney shows. He seems like a guy that would definitely yeah. show up in a, in a Disney comedy, a Disney teen comedy, but no. We also want to know about adult swim teams and how Kurt is in his <laughs> 30s, presumably, and is on an adult swim team. Well, U.S. Masters Swimming is something that exists, and that's a national membership-operated nonprofit that provides membership benefits to nearly 65,000 masters swimmers across the country and in this case masters just means 18 you're you're over the age of 18 and so you get uh, when you join huh. u.s masters swimming you get insurance you get swimmer magazine and you get to attend sanctioned events and more <laughs> and they have 52 local masters swimming committees uh, and they provide direct support to more than 1,500 masters swimming clubs and workout groups so i'm guessing that all these clubs can compete against each other and uh, that you know, they all practice together, and this sounds like adult swim teams. In fact, there's five in the Pittsburgh area. Wow! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yeah. So uh, there we go, adult I, swim teams. Wow! I never <laughs> had any idea that this was a thing. Let, let alone that it. Would you say sixty-five thousand people? Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> god yeah, lots damn! Of adult okay. swim teamers. So there we go. I, I did a little dive on American Gladiators. I didn't find anybody problematic from that reboot season that Hulk Hogan and Gina Carano were on. <laughs> but I did find some interesting uh, names that you might know. To, well, okay. The, the closest I got was the guy who played Beast is a guy named Matt Morgan. Do you know Do you know that name, Ted? Yeah, that, that's who I brought up uh, last week. He's a, a oh, former professional oh. wrestler turned, uh, turned Florida... I think he was a mayor or something, uh, some uh, low-level politician, but he's, like, good friends with Florida Representative Matt Gates. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I guess that totally yeah. slipped my mind. Um, yeah, so he did run as a Republican and, and mayor of Longwood. So, all right, I guess we got all the problematic people out of that. Um, I, I did find <laughs> this out. The, uh, Mike O'Hearn played Titan, and he plays Max Avatar in the Season 7 episode, How Matt Got Fat. And he also played a bodybuilder in Workaholics. And I know those are, uh, I'm pretty sure those are two shows that, that you've been into. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, okay. And um, Toa from the reboot uh, is a guy named Tenoi Reed. And he's The Rock's cousin and stunt double. 
Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And he was on that episode, the, that season of uh, American Gladiators. So, um, was the cockfight at the end a parody of anything when they're trying to stop the fight? And I couldn't find any reference that it was. So it must just be boxing movies in general at the end when they're like, "Stop the fight!" You know, Rocky and Raging Bull and. <laughs> You know, just anything like that. It must have just been a style parody rather than a direct yeah. parody of anything. <laughs> now, did you have to uh, download a VPN uh, for your phone or for your computer whenever you were Googling cockfighting for this for this research? I probably should have. You're right. <laughs> did uh, did cockfighting near me pop up under the under the suggested searches? Yeah, and now I'm getting all these cockfighting ads on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I'm not. Int- I don't want to buy a fighting rooster. Thank you. Jeez. Get get a Facebook Marketplace <laughs> ad that's uh, razor blade spurs. Yeah, all of that I'm getting now. I'm like, oh, great, great. <laughs> Cookies off when you go to the cockfighting sites. Uh, so that's all we wanted to know as far as homework and, and stuff like that. But uh, I have some interesting trivia and tidbits. Throughout the run of the series, we know that Kramer rarely says yes. All of his positive responses are just slang variations like yup, yeah, giddy up. Uh, there are five episodes where he does actually say yes, and this was one of them. The Little Jerry is one of them. Uh, also, really? yeah, I don't know how people keep track of this, but also <laughs> season three, episode 13, The Subway. Season five, episode two, The Puffy Shirt. Uh, season five, episode four, The Sniffing Accountant. And we're not going to hear him say it again uh, until the last time he says yes. Season eight, episode 17, called The English Patient. So look out for I, that. I love I love these minute <laughs> uh, sets of data yeah. for this show. Like, I, I like the last. It, it's time. just something that never. It's just something that never even like hopped into my brain whenever we started this podcast. Because I, I never seeing this show, I, I knew <laughs> how big and how beloved this show was. But oh my god, I had no idea th- the level of impact it has on some people's lives. Even to this day, it's it's incredible. Who, who's going to count five <laughs> times that Kramer says yes I know. throughout the How show? How do you notice that? I mean, I know that he I, never... I wouldn't think that. Yeah, I know. I noticed that he never says, you know, yeah, but I just never noticed it to that detail. <laughs> you know, he always has a funny way of saying things, but I never went, oh, I wonder if he ever actually just says yes. And yeah, and, and like, you know, someone just watched him say that once, and that culminated in an entire rewatch of the entire series solely to listen for Kramer saying yes. Yeah. And the first time he says it is in season three. So they probably got to season three and they went, whoa, he just said yes. I wonder if, <laughs> is this the first time I've noticed it? Or is it, uh, I guess I got to start over and, and see when he said it. But yeah, it's like when people noticed, you know, I mean, we've had the last... Um, instance of Uncle Leo referencing Cousin Jeffrey uh, already. Like, I think Cousin Jeffrey's oh, not going to yeah, be yeah. again because people noticed how many episodes that was in. Uh, there are some deleted scenes from this episode. There's an entire scene of Jerry and Elaine discussing Kurt that was dropped. The opening of the scene in which Jerry and Kramer argue over selling little Jerry, in which Jerry sees Kramer on the roof and yells at him to come down, and then Kramer enters Jerry's apartment via the fire escape. So that fills that plot hole. We were wondering why Jerry was yelling up to the thing. And I just assumed Kramer was in Newman's apartment, which I assumed was over Jerry's apartment. But in fact, Kramer's training little Jerry up on the roof. And that's explained in a deleted scene. Oh, okay. And that's why he yells afterwards, Kramer, I'm coming up there. Uh, And we're like, where are you going? (laughs) But how about this plot hole that someone noticed? George never actually gets arrested for aiding and abetting a fugitive. And when you're, in reality, huh. after they realized the mis- case of mistaken identity with John Michael Higgins, they should have gone and actually arrested George. <laughs> but yeah, but they don't. I I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, they they, they just kind of gave up on that, didn't they? Yeah, or maybe they just uh, they were like, you know what, we need the we need the collar. This guy assaulted a police officer. I'm sure any judge will go, oh, this is the guy that was aiding and abetting. Let's just tack that charge on to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were like, yeah, that, that loop, that, 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 all, that, those loose heads are all tied up as far as the department's concerned. After New York Mets reliever Frank Francisco made comments ab- uh, about the New York Yankees being chickens, his teammate, Tim Burdak, proceeded to buy an actual chicken and act like the Yankees sent it to the Mets clubhouse. The chicken was welcomed into the Mets uh, clubhouse and Burdak named it Little Jerry Seinfeld inspired by this episode the chicken was later placed into an animal <laughs> sanctuary <laughs> oh my god 
And just to give you an idea, we always talk about, you know, all these long breaks that Seinfeld takes and like, man, I can't believe, you know, they had three weeks off and then a couple episodes and then a midseason break or whatever. This episode, The Little Jerry gained a 23 rating and a 33 share, meaning that 23% of American households watched this episode and 33% of all televisions in use at the time were tuned into it. So that's the kind of numbers that we're talking about Seinfeld still getting uh, in the middle of season eight. So, yeah, like basically a quarter of all Americans were watching Seinfeld on, on live on Thursday night. So if they were just getting half that with reruns or, or maybe even more, they were probably like, yeah, this is this is fine. This is fine. Uh, and that's all I got. <sighs> OK, do we have anything uh, else in news territory? Not that I saw. Okay. Um, I, I know this will be uh, well-worn territory by the time this comes out, but as of the time of us recording this, uh, this past Friday was uh, the 23rd anniversary oh, of yeah. the series finale of Seinfeld. I uh, I felt like I could not escape that <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter just because they know, oh, hey, this person likes Seinfeld. Yeah. So they're... they're uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So was was anything spoiled for you? I mean, I I know what happens, kind of. Yeah. I should say I don't know everything leading up to it yeah. and why it happens and what happens at the very end, but I know what happens. It, it's like me and the original trilogy of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Until a few weeks ago. <laughs> anyway. All right, if you've never listened to this show before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 21-ish minutes uh, being solely research. We like to have our questions come up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you hear, uh, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker. Tim, unlike this person did, um, I should say, we almost made it three (sighs) years as a five-star rated podcast until Mr... What's his, what the fuck is his name? <laughs> Mr. Repet, re, Repeterso had to drop a one-star oh, rating geez. on us. So now we are down to a 4.9. Oh, ah. no. What will we ever do with a 4.9? Mr. Repeterso he... says, I, I feel like I have to do okay. my, my biggest, like, weenie voice for this. <clears throat> <laughs> These guys don't like the show. I like the Seinfeld show. Clearly, these guys do not. They don't really get the jokes. They take the things said on the show seriously. If your girlfriend has unusually large hands, that is a silly foil for jokes and teasing and a storyline. These guys suggest Jerry is being transphobic. (laughs) They confuse the character on the show named Jerry for the person in real life that is Jerry. They end up sounding like they don't like the show. (laughs) By the way, I think there are things about your girlfriend you may like and things you don't like. Please avoid this podcast. Tim, are you familiar with the subreddit Whoosh? Uh, Yes, I am. Uh, Just things that go way above people's heads. Uh, This is the biggest example of that I have ever read. Holy shit, we spend 30 minutes at the beginning of every episode saying we're taking a look at these episodes that aired in the 90s from a modern day viewpoint. Do we not? Yeah. Holy goddamn fuck. (laughs) Yeah, and also, like, I still love the show, but it's just interesting to... (laughs) But I guess I'm just not, like, a blind fan who, like, just doesn't question or look at it through any other lens than, like... How how dare we? How how dare we not just blindly love the show and spew unattached quotes at each other for 90 minutes? (laughs) Like, oh, no soup for you! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, we say all the time that, like, sometimes we even go, like, oh, whoops, we're not supposed to, like, pull the curtain back like that. But, you know, we will always break and go, I mean, the point of the show is to you know, really overanalyze it. That's the other thing that we know we're doing. Yeah. And sometimes we go, sometimes we wink and go, oh, whoops, we weren't supposed to say that we don't really think this. 
But you know, it's like it, it's. I don't, and yeah. sometimes we even catch ourselves doing it too much. We're like, okay, this is what we're really getting into the weeds here with yeah, this. Yeah. But yeah, like, like let me just throw this theory at you, and like we see how far we can delve into like the minutia of the episode and 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 do like a super close reading of it. And sometimes it doesn't work. It's like, well, no, okay, I can't make yeah, that stick. But like, but like you can love the show. And you can also agree that some of these lines and some of these jokes, if they were presented on network TV today, would be awful. Like, and I'll just skip ahead to this episode. If we had an elderly man refer to a, a race of Asian Americans as Chinamen on network TV, oh my God, that would be instant cancellation. <laughs> Yeah, I, although I wonder when we get to that scene, we'll uh, we'll have to discuss it then. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. and, and thanks for listening um, to one episode to decide about the whole thing too. I like that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't even know if they listened to like one entire episode because if they listened to one entire episode, they they would have gotten our our whole deal. Maybe. Um. <laughs> may, maybe not, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> we're, we're we're giving this we're giving this person way too much yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. Um. <laughs> Everyone else seems to get it. Everyone else seems to get it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today we got season eight, episode 12, The Money. Original air date, January 16th, 1997. Uh, I was four years and 27 days old at the time this episode came out. And, Tim, if you are counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have 33 episodes until we become a... Uh, blind devotion to whatever uh sitcom people are horny for at the moment podcast yeah yeah we'll just um we'll just j j just do, like do every other show on apple podcasts bad. yeah 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 well we're we're gonna yeah. watch uh we're gonna watch the worst possible shows and only compliment them honestly that should be our Actually, big bang theory show podcast where we watch big bang theory and we just like laugh and laugh that's it. <laughs> Actually, in mocking this idea, I think we just stumbled onto something good. <laughs> <laughs> like watching shitty shows, but talking about them like they're awesome? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, only finding the good in uh, the absolute drivel that, that Hollywood can produce. You're right. I You know, it's like we watch the worst shows, and we, like, we can't say anything bad about them. You know, if you start yeah. to say something critical of them, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so yeah, we do a rewatch of Big Bang Theory. And <laughs> if if you say anything negative about anything, you have to apologize yes. for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you're right. I, I wonder how quickly we would, one of us would slip up. Like, okay. Oh, no. Never mind. I didn't want to say that. N 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Within the first five minutes, for sure. Yeah, well, that's more than enough time to talk about everything good uh, about any given episode of Big Bang Theory. So, yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, okay, if you're looking at TV Guy, the night of January 16th, 1997, uh, you're going to see Jerry's parents sell their Cadillac thinking he needs money. Semicolon, Jay Peterman returns. Uh, I don't know. I think we might be able to make it better. We'll try at the end. Uh, we start with the cold open, and Kramer and Sarah Silverman have just finished making love. <laughs> what do you think of young Sarah Silverman <laughs> or, or, here? Yeah, I, I mean, we don't we don't know her character's name yet. We don't want to be labeled as uh, confusing the Sarah Silverman character with Sarah <laughs> Silverman the person. Right, right. <laughs> and Kramer rolls over to go to sleep, and at 3.30, he is woken up with an arm on his face, uh, Sarah Silverman's arm on his face, and at 5... Uh, just a little after 5 a.m., he is spooned <laughs> off the bed and, and falls off. I, I don't think I've ever been spooned off the bed. I've come close to falling out of the bed with uh, yes. with Grace and Bosco. When, whenever, before we got our king-size bed, we have, well, what I'm currently looking at is now our guest bed. It is a queen size. And, oh my God, I was lucky to maybe have a foot <laughs> on the side of the bed yeah, at, yeah. at any given time. Yeah, there's been several times where I'd like wake up and I'm I'm right at the edge of the bed, even even on our <laughs> bed now. Do you know how old Sarah Silverman was in this episode? I don't. She was uh, 27. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 1970 to 97. Yeah, 27. Yeah, a very. Young. I, I knew she looked really young. Yeah. yeah. 
but but also i had no idea how old she was currently yeah she's 50 wow she looks good for 50 i know i know in Jerry's apartment, Jer- uh, Superman is still on the shelf, and Jerry's parents are visiting for a few days. Uh, Dad has some new TV exercise equipment that he brought, and the reason that they have come is they have something to tell Jerry. I loved his line where he's like, I'm finally getting a baby brother. <laughs> I, l- I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but no, the big news is they sold the Cadillac Jerry gave them to Jack Clumpus for six grand. Uh, as they tell Kramer, who has entered. I love when Kramer comes in, too. He's like, he doesn't notice Jerry's parents are there. He's like, oh, Jerry, I got to tell you, Emily's wearing me out. And Jerry's like, Kramer, not now. He's like, oh, no, 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 it's not the sex. It's And then Jerry, like, motions that his parents are on there. He's like, oh, hey, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if Kramer uh, were to finish his sentence, he, he would have made it better. He's like, no, no, it, it's not the sex. I just can't sleep after we bone. Yeah, yeah, totally. A little bit better anyway. Than... A, a, a little bit more eloquent uh, of, a, of a speaker. And they want Jerry to have the money because they because of the bounce check at the bodega. And his Jerry's mom has cut an article out of the newspaper that she's brought that says stand-up comedy is not what it used to be with Def Jam and all. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I also love that she just clipped the article and kept it in her purse. I get so... <laughs> what? What a mother thing to do. I was going to say, I still get, like, comic strips <laughs> cut out of the paper for my mom. I get, like, articles, you know, Sarah will get articles mailed to her from her mom about Alzheimer's or whatever. And, wow. yeah, I'll get articles about, if they do an article about, like, a local radio personality down there, my mom will send it to him. I'm like, you know, you can just send me a link probably, right? Like, and I'll read it <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I love this. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and it's funny that, like, oh, you know, stand-up comedy is not what it used to be with Def Jam and all. <laughs> <laughs> and she's heard great things about the Bloomingdale's executive training program. And Kramer agrees. He's like, you know, you've made some good observations, but it's time to admit it's over. <laughs> I want to know, is, is the Bloomingdale's executive training program a real thing? Like, who, I, what, I'm guessing who, it. What company would just hire schlubs and train them to be executives? <laughs> yeah, maybe you have to be working on the sales floor in order to join the executive training <laughs> program. I'll write it down for next week and uh, we can see how okay. close you and I are to being Bloomingdale's executives. <laughs> Look, if we're, a, if we're both a six week course away from being an executive at Bloomingdale's, I'll do it. I don't give yeah. a shit. Isn't that where Rachel Green works? Beats unemployment, right? <laughs> yeah. but I And I like that Kramer's saying, you know, you've made some good observations, but it's time to admit it's over. Like, like that's the point of stand-up comedy is is making the observations, <laughs> not delivering them and entertaining and making money that way. No, it's yeah. stand-up comedy is more like philosophy than entertainment to Kramer. <laughs> uh, over at D'Amico Fresh Roasted Coffee, which is still at 309 Court Street. In Brooklyn. No way. Oh, my God. Since 1948. Here's another amazing thing, at least according to Google Street View. Next door, you can see the the awning in the the exterior shot here. And you can see the word chic. Well, chic elegance hair salon is still next door to D'Amico Fresh Roasted Coffee as well. Wow. Oh, my God. And this is not the first time we've been in this neighborhood in Brooklyn. I can't remember what else is on Court Street or near whatever this neighborhood's called, Carroll Gardens or something like that. I think it might be that car wash that they go to to take George's car to get it washed, but I can't. I think it might have been there, but I think it might have been somewhere else too because I remember that being kind of like – that being kind of far away from Yankee Stadium, so uh, I, which is in the Bronx, not Brooklyn anyway. So I don't know. I think we've been in this neighborhood before. But uh, here at D'Amico, George, Jerry, and Elaine are there. And um, George has got a, a pound of coffee and then goes to use the bathroom as Elaine starts talking about her stock options. And she <laughs> buys Jer- uh, George's coffee, the Arabian Mocha Java. And Jerry says that, that Arabian some strong coffee. And Elaine says, PLO blend. And I thought, what an incredibly timely episode to be watching. PLO stands for Palestinian or the Palestine Liberation Organization, and it's basically—I oh don't know—it's it's been God. Yeah. yeah, and right now, you know, uh, violence has erupted again on the Gaza Strip oh. between Israelis and Palestinians. And uh, yeah, it's I was like, wow. And I started looking this up and I was like, wow, we might. And I was like, you know what? No, Ted and I are not going to do a deep dive on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) 
I'm not even. I'm just going to say that it stands for because it's been designated a terrorist organization, but they've you know brokered peace as well, and and there's been d- diplomacy. I was like, I'm not going to explain all this. <laughs> yeah, I. Even if we were experts, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable <laughs> doing a deep dive on everything going on with Israel yeah. and Palestine. Yeah. Oh. My God. Well, let me take you back to the New Testament. Okay, so. (laughs) Our next episode is like six hours long. (laughs) We we just start reaching hardcore history levels of uh, of podcast length for one episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Because we we dared talk about Israel and Palestine. Yeah, so I don't know what the joke was. I was like, well, was there something going on in 97? And there had just been, I think, some peace accords signed... um, in like 93 so that's not too much removed especially if they were say filming this you know in in late 96 um you know i guess maybe that news was still kind of new but um or maybe it's just you know that the the israeli-palestinian conflict is just always timeless humor (laughs) i don't know but um oh my god (laughs) elaine buys george's coffee while he's in the bathroom and he comes out and she she's already gone and i love this line from jerry he's like See what happened there? Elaine bought my coffee. And Jerry goes, and you misinterpret this how. <laughs> I thought that was such a funny way to get into the conversation. Like, oh, and, and you're going to be mad about this for a, an incorrect reason why. Like, you misinterpret this how. <laughs> and it, George I, I didn't interpret even catch it, that. That's so it good. As, yeah, it's so funny. You know, that Elaine is sticking it to him that she makes more money than he does. Uh, that she's able to just, you know, spring for this. And this is just more... You know, just more evidence that these four are like only friends by habit, I guess. You know, only friends in like the sense of the word where they spend a lot of time together. Oh because that's not God, something a good yeah. friend would think about another friend or would think that they would do. Like to be that cynical about your friends is like, you guys are not good friends. This is just another, we, like, we know that about this crew, but like, you know, for, for, cause they're always happy when one of the other ones fails and they're always mad when there's, when there's success being had by somebody else that's not them. Uh, so that's just, you know, we, we know they're not good friends, but this is just another example I wanted to point out. Over at Monk's, Jerry is uh, telling George he's going to buy the car back. He's flying to Florida to do it today. And George wonders how much money, you know, he starts talking about how much money both parents have. Like, your parents probably doing pretty well. And, and he's like, well, your parents have to be doing well. I love the the way he tries to give it to me, like, when do they spend money? Never. What are their uh, living expenses? None. Have they ever gone on vacation? No. <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry says that George's parents probably have like 300,000 lying around, but that George is won't get it for like uh, another 20 years or so. Um, and I found this question weird. George is like, really, 20 years? You think so? And Jerry goes, well, does your dad still eat bacon and eggs every day? And George says, unfortunately, yes. So is eating bacon and eggs every day good for you? Uh, not that I would think. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Maybe... Yeah. In you're right. In the context of the scene, he should say something like, "Fortunately, yes," as though he's going to die. Quicker. Yes, yeah. But he's playing it up as though, like, "Unfortunately, yes," is like, uh, "He's going to die sooner." My my poor father yeah. is going to be dead before I know it. Yeah, it didn't fit into the context of the conversation. I, I think he should have said something like, "You said, like, like, well, f- yes, he does. Yeah, definitely. So that's bad." <laughs> uh, and been excited about it. And he was like, "Well, what's your family history like?" He says, "We have an aunt that died when she was seven. Aunt Baby." Uh, and I think that is a great Seinfeld trivia name. If you're ever doing Seinfeld trivia, I think Aunt Baby is a great, I love great that. cut. Oh my god! So file that away. <laughs> Did you think it was weird that they went right from Amico Coffee to Monks, which multiple <laughs> times Jerry has referred to as the coffee shop? Yeah, that is kind of funny because you can definitely buy. You can see the, all the espresso machines and stuff back there. You can get coffee at that coffee place, but then they went to go get more coffee at this other coffee place. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Over to Jay Peterman, Kramer is there. He needs some advice from Elaine because Emily, as we now know, Sarah Silverman's character's name is named Emily. Emily has the Jimmy legs, and he wants advice on how to get her out of bed after they have sex so that he can sleep. And (laughs) Elaine doesn't really have any advice for him. She says, I think you're more than a few tweaks away from a healthy relationship, to which Kramer gives her like, you're one to talk or something like that, uh, right back at her, and then she kicks him out of the office. 
over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is, I thought for sure this was going to be like four days later after Jerry's parents have left, but no, he's leaving his parents in New York City to go to where they live in Florida to pull off this scheme. He tells them that Carrot Top canceled in Atlantic City, and so now he has the gig as more proof to like, see, the stand-up comedy thing is going pretty well, even though he's making it up to leave his parents in New York City for a night by themselves. I thought that was really weird. <laughs> Over at George's parents, George is asking about Aunt Baby, and uh, his parents are saying, you know, she, uh, his dad's saying she had internal problems, and George's mom reminds him that Uncle Mo died young, too, and blames the temper. It's the temper on your side. They're yelling, and then they just stop. <laughs> Until they get to that yelling point, they're very oddly somber. Both, uh, yeah. both Frank and Estelle, they're like, she, uh, she had internal problems like that either they're not sure what it was or they're afraid of it so that they don't want to speak it back into existence yeah or or lay it on george you know it's still like kind of a family secret it's something the family doesn't talk about you know because they, they they exchange oh, yeah. these weird glances too like oh what should we tell him about this i don't know is he old enough to know the family secret or whatever <laughs> um but then frank brings up uh estelle's cousin hetty uh, who also died young. I liked, I thought this was a weird part too. When, but it was also really funny. Uh, Estelle goes, if Aunt Baby was alive today, how old would she be? And Frank just goes, she'd never make it. <laughs> like, it's not even worth talking about. It's not even worth Jeez. doing the math because she'd never make it. <laughs> she'd never make it. Don't even add two numbers together because it, <laughs> she'd never make it. I know she's already dead, but if she were alive, no, she'd never make it. <laughs> no, no. Stop talking about it. I thought at first I was like, baby must have been her name, right? I don't know, honestly. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know whose whose name would be baby. I, I love the name Aunt Baby, though. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny, quote unquote, it's dark, but it's funny because, you know, someone who, someone who died very young, Aunt Baby. We just call her Aunt Baby because she was a baby when she died. But not really. Like, Seven is not a baby you know so i'm like maybe her name was baby costanza or whatever you know i think that that sounds Could like a, that sounds like a Could name be. somebody would have in the 1940s or whenever they were born you know it's like and this is our baby baby i mean it, it it's very much in the same realm as uh, as my grandmother her name is kathleen but her entire life she has gone by honey yeah yeah there you so, go or maybe so she yeah. is, uh, she's honey ann maybe baby was short for barbara or something Oh yeah, um, I didn't even think that that could definitely yeah. be the case. And and she just never grew out of the nickname because she passed away so young. Uh, over at Monks, Kramer is breaking it to Emily that he's like, we can't sleep together because you know I, I'm not getting any sleep. And Emily says to Kramer, "You're not easy, Kramer." And he goes, "I know," <laughs> but it seems like she's <laughs> going to agree to the agree to the situation. Down at Del Boca Vista, Jerry is asking Jack in person to buy the car back like you didn't even call first and go and agree on a price you would have you would have known early if this was going to be all worthwhile you went all the way down there to buy the car just without a phone call i can't believe this like we've said multiple times in this show man if only they would have cell phones this whole plot wouldn't exist you could call him on your landline L yeah. like th this is a this is a big old plot hole that, that could be solved with technology of the time. I guess Jerry was just like, no matter what he asked for, I'm going to give it to him, so I might as well go down there. But still, what if you got down there and he said, no, I'm not going to sell it? Then Yeah, it's Jack Klompus. He's yeah. a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe they didn't agree on this ahead of time. And I understand, I guess, driving down, you know, flying down there to give him a check in person so that the car is definitely his parents by the time he gets back. But yeah, it was like, you, you didn't even call first. You just knocked on Jack Klompus' door, hoping he'd be there and hoping he would sell you the car. Jeez. So Jerry <laughs> offers 9000 which is 3000 more than Jack got it for. But Jack wants the Kelly Blue Book value $22,000. And they settle on fourteen, so more than oh double God. what his parents got for it. And Jerry is uh, as he starts writing more than check, triple, check, more uh, than triple, more than triple. It's not triple six, is it? Yeah, triple six would be eighteen. Yeah, and it's fourteen. Oh, he oh Jack wants oh, more than triple, but they oh. they settle on more than double. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. But yeah. like, why? Did Morty and Helen not ask for more money? What the hell? No idea. That's weird, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, asked for 16K under Kelly Blue Book value for a car that had no miles on it. Like, they barely drove it. Jeez. And so as Jerry is writing the check for $14,000, Jack offers him the astronaut pen that still works. Uh, throwback, of course, to the earlier <laughs> episode about the pen. I think called even the pen. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Kramer uh, is looking for Jerry because he wants to borrow his shoeshine kit. And uh, Kramer calls Bally's to ask Jerry where it is. But they, <laughs> Bally's has no register of Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld staying there. And I like that um, Kramer's, I mean, Jerry's parents point out, like, you know the number to Bally's Atlantic City by heart? Like, he doesn't, he just picks up the phone and dials Bally's. And he says, I used to have a problem. <laughs> I I also like the bit here. Like, he's spelling out his name. It's like S E I N V F F E. Seinfeld. He's thought all this time. Uh, over at Beach Cafe, which is still at 1326 2nd Avenue. And I know we've been here at least one other time before. Um, with the switch, we've been there. Uh, season six, episode eleven. This is where Kramer's mom works. Babs, coincidentally, another uh, offshoot of the name Barbara. You got to imagine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and George is taking out Elaine and the Seinfelds to dinner and covering everything, and he even gifts Elaine a coffee maker for buying him the pound of coffee, all in a an attempt to you know making sure he, it is not stuck to him that Elaine makes more money than him. Uh, Jerry comes in straight from Atlantic City, and Jerry's mom goes, well, you know, we called, and, and you're not registered. She's like, well, I can't register under my uh, real name. I'm under Slappy White. <laughs> Which I'm guessing is some Depression-era comic. Maybe it is. We'll have to look it up. I didn't consider that. I thought it was just a, a dumb name he made <laughs> up in the moment, but we'll look it up. Uh, but I also think that's another great Seinfeld trivia name. Slappy White, Yes. <laughs> It's at that point that Costanza's come in for an upscale dinner. They're going to start blowing through their money while they still can after the discussion with George about, you know, not having much time left. Uh, and it, uh, George's dad is even wearing a Pierre Cardin tie that he's very excited about. <laughs> Over at Emily's, uh, Kramer and Emily have once again finished making love. And then Kramer's like, all right, I'll see you. And just gets up to go. <laughs> Over in... Jerry's apartment, Morty wakes up at four in the morning and sneaks into the apartment hallway with his exercise equipment that you attach to this doorknob, and he attaches it to Kramer's door in the hallway and starts working out and scares the crap out of Kramer, uh, who thinks someone is trying to break into his apartment, conceivably. <laughs> Whose bed is apparently right next to his front door. I thought that too. I was like, he can see that from his bed? How is that possible? <laughs> Uh, over at Jay Peterman, Morty is asking Elaine for a job because uh, Morty and Helen had a conversation earlier about probably trying to, uh, they're probably going to have to start supporting Jerry again, which means Morty's going to have to work again. And uh, here's another timely bit of dialogue. Morty says he's very comfortable working from home. We have a phone and a Kinko's nearby. So, wow, yeah, yeah. Morty, work from home <laughs> pioneer. <laughs> Uh, so he's going to, I guess he's going to work for this New York City publication while living in Florida. <laughs> and Elaine's like, all right, well, just come back tomorrow and we'll find you something. And he's like, all right, what time do you need me to be here? I get up at four so I can be here at 425 a.m. <laughs> and it's at that point that, as foretold in the synopsis, Jay Peterman returns. Uh, over at Emily's, Kramer offers to stay the night, but Emily also liked sleeping alone. And we find out that Kramer really wants to sleep there because he thought someone was trying to break into his house. Some cat burglar for 25 minutes was jiggling the handle. Oh, and also, uh, I love that Emily's like, and plus you, you scream in your sleep, <laughs> which is such a Kramer thing to do. <laughs> I love that too. You scream I, in your I've, sleep. Has this been a thing in the show before that Kramer screams in his sleep? Because I feel like it's something that we've seen. It does sound familiar now that you mention it, but I don't know if I'm just like making something up in my head that, <laughs> let me see, Kramer screaming, <laughs> sleep. We'll are, see. Are, are we both having a Mandela effect that Kramer screams in his sleep? Yeah, maybe. And and the other, the other screaming in your sleep reference that I know and love is Homer having night terrors in that episode where he is handcuffed to Bart and he has to go to school <laughs> and he yells, ah, cobras! <laughs> uh, which I had a boss that loved that he would always scream ah cobras <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
So, uh, let me see where... Oh, uh, over at Del Boca Vista, back at Del Boca Vista, uh, which, by the way, is a... Wait, where did... I must have skipped something. I did. I did. I skipped something in between when Morty sneaks into the hall and scares Kramer. After that... Oh, uh, yeah. Jerry... Uh, I'm sorry, Jack... Yeah. So, Jack calls Jerry and says that on that last ride, he was like, I, I got to take the car out one more time because his wife wants to go to dinner or something. He put the car in the lake. And Jerry tells his parents that now the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City wants him to perform. And this is when Morty's like, oh, we'll have to go back to work to support uh, Jerry or when Jer we need to support Jerry again. And maybe I can ask Elaine for a job. So I totally skipped over that scene of why Morty's even asking for a job. Uh, and so back at Del Boca Vista, uh, after Emily tells Kramer that uh, he can't sleep there, uh, uh, back at Del Boca Vista, which I was like, all right, wh what is the flight from New York City to as near as I can tell, St. Augustine, Florida. And it's about a three-hour flight. So that's not crazy to go back and forth in a day. I mean, it's it's stupid, mm -hmm. but yeah. So Jerry <laughs> takes that three-hour flight, and the car is covered in mud. It's full of water. And Jerry is responsible for the cleaning because Jack says that he turned on the turn signal, and the car just took off by itself and, and ended up in the lake, which is definitely bullshit. I can't believe that, that oh, that's not God. disputed yeah, what, at all. What an old man excuse. Yeah. Um, I, I was just doing a normal lane change, and then the car drove itself into the lake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and Jerry's like, oh, well, I guess that's true. I guess I better pay for the car. You know, it's like, no, <laughs> dispute this guy that you paid, you know, $8,000 over uh, your original, <laughs> the, what he originally got for it. Like, um, And, and uh, Jack does say, I, I think I even lost my pen. And, and Jerry goes, you know what? That might make all this worthwhile. <laughs> Over at George's, his parents have now bought a Cadillac, uh, and Kramer is staying with them because he needs company when he sleeps. And Kramer says, you know, we were talking, and your parents can't blow through their savings in New York City, not in this neighborhood. It's too low rent, so they want to move to Florida. And George's mom asks George, what do you think? Should we move to Florida or stay here and sit on the money? And George, I mean, what a conundrum for George. Like, what do you choose, the money or... The distance you know uh, yeah what did you think of estelle's uh line like uh, about the cadillac your father wanted a mercedes but i won't ride in a german car <laughs> i thought that was funny i mean that's got to be like, that's a, like a jewish thing right <laughs> that, that's that what i'm their, thinking uh, that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah <laughs> do we yeah, know that, that for sure funny. it's all it's one of those things that goes back and forth between them like being italian like he's he was born in yeah. Italy, but then he also makes like kishka and stuff like that, and and knows how to like cook all that <laughs> Jewish food. It's like I don't know. I remember the Frank saying one time they're an, they're an Italian family in the witness protection program as a Jewish family or something. Oh like yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> or I mean, uh, um, actually, Jerry Stiller said that. That's his theory about the Costanzas. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And over at Jay Peterman, Elaine is getting her old job and her old salary back and no <laughs> stock options. Oh my God. Yeah. Th this was unintentionally, well, probably intentionally brutal by the character. <laughs> like it even says like, uh, Elaine, I congratulate you on a job done. Yeah. <laughs> a <Fuck>. job done. <laughs> And Morty is in the meeting, and they start talking about how to get, you know, uh, get some bolts of silk. And this is the scene that you alluded to earlier, where Morty says, "Oh, I know a couple of Chinamen who we can get it for much cheaper." And Elaine does say, "Like it's Asian Americans," you know. She she does yeah. yes to 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 the credit of the Elaine character. Yeah, yeah she she's like, "Oh my God, you old man, please, <laughs> you you can't call them that. That is so offensive." Yeah, you, yeah, we 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 don't use that term anymore but i don't think i don't think that would lead to the show um and you i'm sure you're engaging in hyperbole but i don't think it'd be wrong because it's to show that the character is so painfully out of touch that's why he said it that way you know it's like true you know, so it's, it's part of his character to to say that now if if um if they had like if everybody else in the room had started railing against asian americans i would agree that like oh no oh, why are we doing yeah. this yeah oh <laughs> no oh no <laughs> Don't agree with the bad character. <laughs> no, why are you all cheering him? Why are you all saying hip, hip, hooray to Morty now? Yeah. Oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> uh, Peterman is confused, though. He's like, Elaine, did you hire that man? And Elaine's like, oh, I, no, he's more like an intern. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like an 80-year-old intern. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> over at Monks, George is explaining his dilemma to Elaine to try to get some advice, but Elaine keeps trying to switch to discussing her dilemma and ends up giving George lip service, you know, like, uh, okay, let him go to Florida. He's like, but then all the money will be gone. Okay, make him stay here. But I, he's like, you're not even paying attention to this. Uh, and <laughs> George, meanwhile, can help Elaine out. He was like, whenever one of these old guys at the Yankees is breathing down my neck, I schedule a really late meeting. They get up at 4 a.m. They're wiped by 2.30. Uh, and so he solved Elaine's problem. But And Elaine gets up, and he's like, I got nothing out of this, by the way. Which, oh my god, this is a great idea. This is how, like, the millennials and the Gen Zs are actually going to get into leadership positions. <laughs> Late meetings? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, let's just uh, meet at 4.30. We'll, we'll, we'll meet on Teams or something. <laughs> and, and we see, like, everyone, like, just dropping off at 5.30 at 6 o'clock. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is nothing for us. Oh, you've been awake for 14 hours? <laughs> Sounds like that's your fault. Yeah, no point in getting up early if you don't have to. At George's parents, Frank and Estelle, Kramer and Frank are in their bedroom, and Fra Kramer notices that they sleep in separate beds. He's like, oh, we slept in bed for 30 years, uh, and it's because Estelle has the Jimmy arms. <laughs> and so that's uh, one of the secrets to the, the longevity of their marriage. Uh, over at Del Boca Vista... Jerry has maxed out his credit cards and also written a $14,000 check and paid to have the car clean, so he can't afford a hotel room, so he was hoping to stay with Jack Klompas, and Jack is offended at Jerry even asking for a favor uh, after, after getting caught in the death trap, again, sticking to this story that the car drove itself into a lake. And so, and also, um, he did not like the, the pen joke that Jerry told earlier, and uh, so... He's, you know, essentially kicking Jerry out of his house. It's too bad that Jerry can't go to, like, some head office there and get a key to his parents' place. You know, it's like, hi, I'm, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. My parents live here, you know, and then just stay in their place. Yeah, for I mean, real. Then we wouldn't get this joke later on, but, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> over at George's parents' house, George tells his parents he's decided he wants them to stay, but it's too late. They already bought a condo at Del Boca Vista, and they're leaving tonight. And Kramer is staying at the house with Emily. And George is like, you're letting him have a woman over? And Frank goes, oh, you know, it's it's he's not family. It's psychologically different when it's family. <laughs> and it's just so weird that I wonder how long George lived with them and was just like not allowed to have a woman over like into his yeah. conceivably yeah. when he was staying with them when he was unemployed and living with them. He was not allowed to have a woman over and, you know, <laughs> being in his 30s. It's just funny. But Kramer's allowed to. Uh, back over at Jay Peterman, Morty is very uncomfortable in the late meeting. Uh, he's talking, he's like, well, if I'd known we were going to be here all hours of the night, can we at least get some food in here? And Jay Peterman's like, it's 515. <laughs> 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 and Elaine keeps goading Jay Peterman on to tell more and more stories. And Morty walks out and he also said, you know, and, and he's like, I'll, I'll be back when he's done with the stories in the morning. And Jay Peterman's like, my stories are what moves clothes. Uh, and he's like, no, cheap fabric and dim lighting. That's how you move merchandise. <laughs> and that's and <laughs> Jay Peterman's like, you're out and essentially fires him. And then um, uh, Morty's like, you know what? I never knew what I was doing with these cartoons and this paper catalog anyway. <laughs> and of course, there's no actual pictures in the Jay Peterman catalog. It's all like drawings of the clothes, which is really a weird yeah. way to sell stuff. But uh, I like that he's like just so confused by the concept himself. <laughs> well, I didn't even know what this is all about anyway. Uh, over at Del Boca Vista, Frank walks by and sees what looks like a bum sleeping in the back of a Cadillac. And as we know, it's Jerry where he had, that's where he had to sleep last night, but he is like also covered in newspaper and his jacket, uh, like a, yeah. like a homeless person would be. And back at George's parents, Kramer and Emily are sleeping in their room in separate beds and acting very much like an old couple. Emily is sitting there reading like an old romance novel. And Kramer's talking about, Oh, shouldn't have, why'd you let me have the roast beef? And she's like, no one held a gun to your head. And, and, uh, so they're acting, very much like an old couple. Uh, over at Monks, uh, Elaine is talking about how stocks of Jay Peterman went up with his return. Uh, Elaine and George is like, ah, that's a shame. And Elaine accuses George of sticking it to her now that she's back down at her old salary. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry's talking about how he blew $20,000 on a Cadillac. And George is ecstatic about his parents moving down to Del Boca Vista. And I don't know where it, it was weird. I wasn't sure exactly where this episode ended um, because I guess the last little scene we get is George's parents, I'm sorry, Jerry's parents sold their condo for a trailer 
that is being pulled by the Cadillac that he bought back from Jack Pompas. <laughs> and George's parents are moving back to Queens after Frank saw the homeless person sleeping in the back of the Cadillac. Do they make the decision that they're moving back to Queens? I thought they were just like leery about uh, looking out for looking out for uh, the car outside of the condo. Frank does yell, we're going back to Queens! And Estelle goes, no, oh, okay. don't make me go, or something like that. She wants to stay in oh, okay. in Florida. Yeah, so I don't. I, th- I guess we'll have to wait and see next episode whether they're still down in Del Boca Vista or not. <laughs> um, and that that's pretty much the end of the episode. I thought it was weird because like the, the, the credits were never really rolling. Like we didn't really get a an end of the episode and then an epilogue. It was all kind of yeah. jumbled up there. I, at the instead end. of like instead of that happening, we came back from. Uh, a, a commercial break on Hulu where that would normally be happening L- like, like how it normally would have been the scene with Kramer and Emily would have been executive producer blah 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 whoever it is yeah um and then credits come back over the scene in Monks and then all that stuff but my god the end was the scene in Monks uh the, the all of the references about the stock $20,000 on the Cadillac uh, George sticking it to Elaine, the yeah. buffer zone, Morty and Helen, and Frank and Estelle. That was a lot for the end of the episode. Yeah, and that was all like a minute and 30 seconds. Like they crammed all of that into yeah. literally like 90 <laughs> seconds of airtime. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, 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 what's the end of the episode here? <laughs> yeah, so there we go. That is, uh, that's, that's the end of the episode there. All righty. Uh, what do we got for homework this week? Um, is there a Bloomingdale's executive training program? Uh, who is there a okay. real person named Slappy White and has the show ever referenced Kramer sl- uh, screaming in his sleep before? All right. Uh, what do you like this week for cover art? Good question. What are we um what are we really doing here? This really was Honestly, kind of an episode about nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um man, that's a great question. Do we want to do Jerry and Jack Klompus? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, one of those scenes where you know maybe with the pen or something like that, or yeah, Jerry and Jack Klompus may be maybe the best option. Or Morty I mean, in the they're... meeting with uh with Elaine and and Jay Peterman, perhaps. I like that. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the episode, but I'd find it, it was pretty rare to have yeah. all four main characters and both sets of parents in one scene in the restaurant. So I don't know what kind of shot you could get of that, but that would be interesting. Mm, yeah the only the only people we were missing were babs kramer and elaine's dad <laughs> we'd have like all everybody all of the immediate oh family of everybody in one one room yeah all right i'll i'll try and uh, i'll try and make uh one of those work yeah um all right let's see what we can do about the description okay. so we had jerry's parents sell their cadillac thinking he needs money semicolon j peterman returns what do you think of it? I mean, Jay Peterman, when I was going back through, he returns a lot earlier than I... It's almost like right after that middle ad break that he returns. So that's not... I, I thought it was more of a surprise at the end, but it's not really... But I don't know if we need it. I would I would rather that be a surprise anyway, you know? I would too. But then again, if we're trying to get people to watch, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like maybe we just take his name out of it. Like, I don't know how we would do that. But like, not not this, obviously, but just a jumping off point. <laughs> But, like, somebody returns, you know? <laughs> like, um, uh, maybe a character from Elaine's a character from Elaine's past returns or something like that. Or someone from um, Elaine's past I, returns. I, I wouldn't mind just dropping off the whole thing because, I mean, Elaine is shocked by this. Yeah. I, I kind of want to be shocked, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be very cool. But, I mean, I mean, if we were trying to tease it to get people to watch, I would, I would keep it in there like, whoa, what does that mean? Who's coming back? Like, is it... Uh, you know, is it uh, the network exec? Is it Russell Dalrymple? Maybe that's someone from Elaine's past, or is it? Uh, oh man! Yeah, or her dad he's back or from something. The dead. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how yeah, we. So I wouldn't uh, yeah. re- rewrite it to make sense I- in terms of the story. Yeah, I mean that that'd be my best shot at it. I know it makes it longer. Like someone from Elaine's past returns. If, if we don't, you know, we don't need it. We don't need it. If we don't really want to tease that. But uh, Jerry's parents sell the Cadillac thinking he needs money. God, I mean, th- that is what that's the most important part of the episode, I guess. Um, you-, you could always make it like yeah. Jerry and his parents fight over money. No, that's, I guess that's not really <laughs> because they-, they sell it and then he buys it back and then they do the trailer thing. Yeah, uh, let's let's keep it. <laughs> okay. I can't do any better. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh Might my god! Well. All right. Well, uh, well, well. Next week we have got uh, season eight, episode thirteen, the comeback. Original air date January thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven. Two weeks after this episode. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are gonna see uh, Jerry joins a tennis club. Semicolon. A coworker's insults test George. Ooh. Okay, sounds pretty good. Um, did you like this episode, by the way? The money? I wasn't sure what to think of it. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it for all of the uh, Morty and Helen and Frank and Estelle bits. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it makes a, a good episode. Yeah, I thought it was a good this one really would have fit in well in the beginning of the season because it's just a good baseline episode. There's a lot of filler. I mean, it's just kind of like a, a nice filler episode, and like I was laughing all the way through. But it's definitely not star worthy. But it's a gro- it's just a fine baseline episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, there, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I don't think. Right. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I enjoyed that. Like this would have been good. Like you know, and, and it, it fits in well with the beginning of the uh, season where I was like, well, I mean, these are these are fine episodes, but nothing's really blowing yeah. my hair back. But <laughs> you know, I had a good time watching. So yeah, that's where it sits for me. Definitely not going to star it. Which, which breaks the streak of like four start episodes in a row or something. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Season eight was uh, was on fire for a bit. It was, it was. We got a nice run. Uh, okay, is that it? I think that's it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.